Now dig this, Matt. Y'all know I love stationery. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, And I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a, like a text file or whatever, actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple pencil with it, I have been doing that on there and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called NanoDots. With those NanoDots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook... Here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper like, and I'm sure it's it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use, and paper like feels good on the iPad. Uh they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, (laughs) that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a paper-like on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better... This is how you do it. So, to pick up your Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, click Buy Paperlike, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, to get started. We have a list on our website, warrocketajax.com, called Every Story Ever. What we're doing is we're taking lists from our listeners of three comic book stories, and then we are placing those stories on the list from best to worst comic book stories of all time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the War Rocket Ajax Every Story Ever special for January 2023. 
My How Time Does Fly. My name is Matt Wilson. Chris Sims is here with me. Hi, Matt. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You and I were just discussing that I uh, made tacos al pastor tonight. Here's a fun story about tacos al pastor. Uh Uh-huh. Let's hear Uh, it. I made them last time, and I did not get pineapple. Uh, Even though it was at the very top of the recipe, I completely missed it. Like, and even when I got home and I was making it, I got to like step one, you know, cut the pineapple. And then I was like, what pineapple? And I kept looking at the ingredients list and not seeing it. It was the first thing. It's like number one thing on the list. And AC got home and I was telling her the story. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to make this without without pineapple. And she was like, well, do you know that's what tacos al pastor means? Is that it has pineapple in it. <laughs> and I told her, and this is a true thing about me. I thought it was tacos like your pastor would make. Like ta- <laughs> tacos like you'd have if you went to church on Wednesday. Uh-huh. And then as soon as I said that out loud, I'm like, probably probably wouldn't say pastor in Me- in Mexico. Were it what were it that it would probably be like tacos al padre. Yeah, the the actual literal translation of pastor in Spanish is shepherd. It they're shepherd's tacos. Okay, so where does the pineapple come in? I I don't know why that necessarily means pineapple. I guess that's just like what it individually became. But okay. Pastor is a shepherd in Spanish. Okay. I mean, that, so. that actually, that also makes sense. I did not know what the word, what the root of the word pastor was either. Um, so anyway, I made them tonight. <laughs> they had pineapple in them. They were very good, but uh, very peppery. And I'm tearing up a little bit from that and not from the embarrassment of my continued existence on this planet. You know, it's easy to miss the first thing on a list always because you think it's a heading. It looks, it looks like a heading. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And, but one list that you would never miss the first thing on. How's that segue? Is the every, the every story ever list. Of all comics ranked from best to worst. And our number one, as it has been for many years now, is the Amazing Spider-Man story, If This Be My Destiny, slash the final chapter. It is the best comic ever printed, as far as we know. Empirically. And objectively. The bottom of our list from the very beginning is Identity Crisis. It will probably always be that. It is terrible. Here's how bad an Identity Crisis is. I recently went back to uh, Columbia, South Carolina and saw 
uh, some some friends of mine. It was a sad occasion, but a good trip ultimately. Uh, and I stayed with uh, my friend and yours, Chad Bowers, with whom I I used to write some comics. Uh, you know, if you read Deadpool Bad Blood, we wrote that one together. Uh, and for pretty much the entire time I was there, we just complained about identity crisis, which is a conversation we've been having for 18 years. And I literally, literally said, and you know the thing we don't talk about? <laughs> The thing we don't talk about is that you can't shrink a fucking flamethrower with the Atoms size-changing belt. You can't do that. That's the rules. That's the rules you put in the comics. We don't talk about that because it's, in the scheme of things, it's like the eighth most important thing that get that comic gets wrong. But you can't fucking do that, and I didn't write that. You wrote that. It is number f- 1,415. On our list. We are approaching 1,500 comics on our list, Chris. I predict we'll get there today. I don't. I predict we might get to 1,420 today. Maybe, maybe. But I say we get to it so we can get a little closer to 1,500. So let's rank some comics, Chris, because that's what we do on this show. We rate comic book stories. Our first list, Chris, is going to come to us from Brendan Casey. And this list was sent to us on April 10th of 2022. So that's where we are in the list progression. If you are a line stepper who sent in a list before that, contact me. Thank you. If your list hasn't been read, you don't just have to be like, hey, great job, guys. I mean, you can be. You can be. But you if, can say that. That would be nice of if you. I- if I somehow skipped over your list, uh, please contact me. Uh, if it came before April 10th of 2022. Here's Brendan's full email, Chris. My past few lists have been me trying to find a worse comic than Identity Crisis. It was to be my legacy. But it's not worth hurting my favorite guys. So instead, Aww. here's three Steve Englehart Batman stories. All right. All right, we, uh, yeah, you know what? That's kind of the opposite yeah. of, of a comic worse than any crisis is that Stephen Englehart Batman. That stuff's quite good. The first one here on Britain's list is from Detective Comics number 439, the story Night of the Stalker. Night of the Stalker. Okay, so that's... Is that a... Is that a uh, – that's not a Marshall Rogers story. No. It is written by Steve Englehart. The plot and pencils are by Vin and Sal Abendola. Mm-hmm. And I this, – this issue was a 100-page super spectacular. The, night, the oh. night of the Stalker story is like 15 pages long. Yeah. That happens. Detective Comics, comics, they used to want to give you bang for your buck on that. Yeah. So, let me, I'll tell you. I know this cover. It's got a Neil Adams cover, right? Yes. So, one interesting tidbit about this story is that it's based on something Neil Adams 
apparently actually witnessed. It's described as from an incident as described by Neil Adams. That's wild. So this is the this is the other thing that happened on the Gimmick Street Bridge. That's right. We all know if you're a loyal listener of War Rocket Ajax and you don't just listen to the Every Story Evers, and you, if you listen to the Every Story Evers, you you miss out on so much lore. As we all know, the Gimmick Street Bridge was the bridge that Phil Collins was on when he watched that guy watch that guy die. And then he wrote in the air tonight about it. Yeah. Here's what happens in this story, Chris. Batman is on a rooftop in broad daylight. One of the it rare occasions. Date. It, it is described as early evening, but there is visible sunlight in the panel. Yes. This is not a Neil Adams cover, by the way. It's but it is from a from a dream described by Neil Adams. He witnesses a group of bank robbers come bursting out of a bank and just start shooting people recklessly including like a like there's this woman who's screaming on the street seeing a bank being robbed the guy shoots her and her husband says you killed her you rotten scum you killed my wife and the guy's like i didn't mean to then someone in the escape car the like the getaway car opens the door and shoots the guy. He says, what is this? Some soap opera? Shut up and shoot the clown. And Batman from the rooftop starts having flashbacks to the death of his own parents. And he finds the first guy who's not in the car and just jumps down and beats the shit out of this guy. But the getaway car drives off. So he ends up following all of those guys in the getaway car to a swamp. Where the, he then proceeds to wreck every single one of these guys. Uh, there's nobody who can stop us, says a guy as he shoots a guy. Unfortunate yeah. words, those. As if inviting the steel hand of justice to clamp tight, the iron fist of vengeance to strike hard, without mercy to strike again and again. Yeah, Batman fucking wails on that dude. We've been talking about uh, raw moments a lot lately, Matt, you and I. We have. uh, Preparing for this year's uh, fun uh, game that we like to play on the the show, Thursday Night Raw. Steve Englehart will write you some raw as hell Batman moments. Like he's like, he's a guy where if you ask him, he'll be like, yeah, I invented modern Batman. And he's not wrong. There's a moment in here where he's fighting a dude in the swamp water and he pulls him down into the water. And there's just a panel of Batman underwater, like looking this guy in the eye, holding him by the lapels and the guy is underwater screaming. That panel is raw as hell. Yeah. No, the the what I thought you were going to talk about is when those dudes think they shoot Batman. And oh, then shit. they run back to their car. And it's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Batman is Batman has gone full savage. Uh, and the guy's like, the keys, they're gone. And then they look and Batman's got the keys. 
and he holds him up and then drops him on the ground and just starts walking forward. That is also pretty raw, yes. That's fucking rad. This story rules, actually. And I will say this, at the end of it, Batman like takes his mask off and uh he, he has a good cry. Yeah. And like this you know that I am against superheroes crying because it has been used so much to such poor effect, including in comics we've already talked about today and for the past 18 years. Yeah. Uh, Usually the, the hero cried is a story beat that is bad and unearned. Yeah. But this is Batman whoops the living shit out of these dudes. Then uh, goes home at dawn and you see him crying because, you know, he saw a kid get, you know, his parents shot right in front of him. And, like, that works. And what works really well about it is in this panel... First of all, imagine if you didn't know Batman's origin. And you read this story. Like, you knew Batman who... Like, you knew Batman maybe even from the the, the 66 show. Because this is, this is 74, so it would have been on in syndication. And, you know, he literally only mentions it once in the pilot. But imagine, right. like, you didn't know Batman's origin, and you read this, where everybody's like, holy shit, Batman is demolishing those dudes. Like, there is a newspaper in that last panel that says, Savage Batman nabs hold up, man. I mean, this does at least briefly recap Batman's origin story. But, yes, it's, it, it, it is very much that. Yeah, just imagine you got to the, the end of the oh, oh, that's why. Those dudes fucked up. This is good. This is a good story. This is why I say there's no like regular crime in Gotham City. That's right. that's my that's my hot Gotham City take. Is that if you are not at least the clue master, you are not you are not robbing banks in Gotham City. There's no like normal dudes. Oh, Batman just likes to go beat pe- uh, poor people. No, because there's no like great, there's no normal people doing crimes in Gotham City, and there haven't been for a while. Because if you, because I mean, read this comic. <laughs> you can fuck around and find out. Also, in, in, uh, in GC, these criminals are not poor. They are well dressed. These are like middle class country club criminals. Oh, their getaway cars are Mercedes. Yes, it is. Yeah. They're rolling in the Benzo. Let's, uh, let's rank this. It's good. I mean, it's, it's pretty fucking good. Uh, I don't know if we said it. This is, uh, this is, uh, who, who drew this? Uh, Dick Giordano on inks and yeah. I, I'll have to look it back up again. I, I did say it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's who it is. Whew. Yeah, this one's good. Like it if if fucking Marshall Rogers drew this comic, we would never stop talking about it. <laughs> like, is this top It's probably top half, maybe. Oh, it's it's absolutely top half, Matt. I mean, look. We talk we talked a lot about how much we like Spider-Man. Yeah. He's number one on the list. He's he's your guy. He's he's my strong number two guy. We love that guy. 
This is my shit. Yeah. Is it top? It, I don't think it's top 100 material. Is it number number 100 is uh, Batman the Black Mirror, which is the first Scott Snyder story that does have art by Jock and Francesco Francavilla. And, yeah. uh, and, and that's great. pretty tough to beat. And it's really, yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not as good as No Hope and Crime Alley, obviously. Uh, let's see. At number 200, we have Travels with Jotaro. That comic's perfect, so it's not that good. Uh, 250 is Uncanny X-Men. 172 and 173 in which Wolverine gets married. Those are pretty good. Those, Those are, good. are pretty good comics. Uh, yeah. Is th- is this better than 251, which is Horns the Rhino? Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man story where the Amazing Spider-Man um, fights the Rhino. Yeah. I, there's an argument to be made that this is better. Is that the one where the Rhino runs from Mexico to New York? That's the juggernaut that did that. No, the rhino did. The rhino didn't do that. The juggernaut did that. I think. Okay. I, All right. I, All right. Be, I, perhaps I'm mistaken. But I'm pretty sure the rhino juggernaut walked, but I'm pretty sure rhino got a running start in like Mexico to come fuck up uh, Peter Parker's day. Uh, that might be. That might be true. I don't. I don't quite remember. But uh, th- that rhino story is good. But uh, I think an argument could be made that that this could go at the new 251. I think th- I think this goes at, at 251. I think it's better. Okay. Uh, All right. Let's see. Just real quick, let me do a check on what's around there. Oh, 252's X-Men Arcade. Yeah. Let's put it at the new 253. So above Parker the Outfit. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. So this story is called Night of the Stalker. The Stalker is Batman, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and it's in Detective Comics number 439. I don't want to just say Detective Comics 439 because that is a book with multiple stories in it. Yeah, but so, I think most of the, I think all but this one are reprints. Probably, but, you know, yeah. just, to, just to be clear. Uh, our second story on that's our, the, that's our first uh, 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 every story ever of twenty twenty three. That's right, our first edition to the list, and because we always our, do the show on time, we always do the show on time. Yeah, the second on Brendan's list is Detective Comics number four hundred seventy two. I am the Batman, which was drawn by Marshall Rogers. Yeah, and I won't fucking shut up about it. And Terry Austin on art. Uh, and this is the story where Hugo Strange steals Batman's identity. This is a story where Hugo Strange a freak. <laughs> he's he's a weird little freak. He's a weird little freak who, d- who does too many sit-ups. Uh, I think... I think this is part of a larger story, and I think this is... We might have this on the list already, because haven't we ranked Strange Apparitions as a whole? Let me check. Okay, we ranked, we ranked The Laughing Fish on its own, and I have a note about how we ruled that as a distinct story, even though it is part of the larger Strange Apparitions run. 
We have not ranked Strange Apparitions as a complete story. Okay, I would still say this is a a larger story, but I mean we can we can rank it because it's just the uh, previous couple of issues. Like it's it's four seventy one. Yeah, it's four seventy one and four seventy two are the Hugo Strange story. Okay, so it's just those two issues. Yeah. Uh, we're, which, we're revising this to be 471 and 472 instead of just 472. Yes. Uh, boy, Steve Englehart, Marshall Rogers, John Workman, lettering. It's the good shit. Oh, is that good shit? There's a page in here of Bruce having a nightmare. Uh huh. That is like some of the dopest blacklight poster shit you will ever see. With the word, it's the word nightmare over it yeah. to let you know that it's a nightmare. Yeah. And it's like, it's got like a monster Joe chill and it's got like a big bat fighting Batman and, you know, a tiny Bruce over like with these giant dead versions of Thomas and Martha and a fucking snake that Marshall Rogers owns. Marshall Rogers is, was so fucking good at drawing comics. It's so I'm looking, good. I'm looking at this right now, and it's, you know, it's the sort of digitized, like, DC Universe version of the book. Yeah, so they recolored it when they did uh, the hardcover. Yeah. But, like, this looks like art that somebody could be doing now. You know, yeah. like it does not look dated like you would think it might. Yeah. Like fucking Rupert Thorne up in here going after Hugo Strange. It's good. Yeah. It's very good. Uh four seventy two also has that like really cool scene where Hugo Strange is gonna auction off Batman's identity and like you see the three people in the shadows throw their like wads of money. And so you don't, you don't really see who it is. Uh, but it's, you know, it's Joker. Cause you see like, you know, his purple gloves and his, his shoes sitting outside of spotlight. It's penguin. Cause you see the tip of an umbrella and a cigarette holder and it's fucking Rupert Thorne. Cause you see a cigar and the light glinting off his little pinky ring. Uh-huh. Ooh, Ooh, that good stuff. Uh, this was also, it, it, it's kind of weird because, you know, Denny O'Neill uh, and Doug Monch uh, really took a, a liking to him. Uh, but, like, this was the first time Hugo Strange had been back since 1940. Uh, that was the thing that Rogers and Engelhart did in their run, was they brought, dude, like, Deadshot had not been in comics for 30 years when he shows back up with his new costume that he still wears. Because right. of the god Marshall Rogers, it's interesting that Hugo Strange is brought back for this story because it seems like Englehart brings him back just to kill him. He, he's at the end of the story; he is on panel dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry though; he's going to come back. Yeah, he's fine. He's not but, fine. He's obviously a deeply disturbed individual, but he's 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 here in large part to put over Rupert Thorne. 
Yeah, because Thorn is the bad guy of this run. Is uh, Councilman Rupert Boss Thorn? It's good. This is good. It's good, man. Like, I mean, it's a Stephen Gohart Marshall Rogers joint. It's pretty fucking good. I don't know what to tell you. It's it's not as good as the Laughing Fish, but it's pretty good. All right. So the Laughing Fish is Laughing Fish is it is at one ten. Oh wow. Okay, that's way up there. Yeah. I mean, I think this is I think this is as good as just about anything in this section of the list. Like. It's not the, like, The Laughing Fish is a Joker story, so it's always going to, you know, it's a Joker story. And it's a really good Joker story. It's kind of like, you know, one of the Joker stories, really. Uh, but, I mean, this Hugo Strange story pretty good, and this changes who Hugo Strange is forever. True. It it makes Hugo Strange's obsession about Batman's identity, like, it really cements that, right? Yeah. Uh, and this was loosely adapted into an extremely kick-ass episode of Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, dog. The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. That one's good. Uh, I mean, like, it's as good as the Lord Deathman story. Okay, that is that is where? That's at 194. Alright, so you're are you proposing that it go right above Lord Deathman? I would, I mean, it, it Changed a character as much as Lord Deathman did, you know? I would say it probably does not go above, certainly Hellboy in Hell. Okay. Which is at 192. It, you, uh, recency bias, but we we talked about it, and you and me flipped the fuck out about Darkhold Iron Man, which is good it's as hell. so good. <laughs> yeah, it's that comic's stupidly good. Yeah. So, I'm fine with putting this at the new number 194. All right, uh, then then let's do it. Let's pop that bad boy right there. All right, so what are we going to call it? Because 472 is called I Am the Batman. 471 is called The Dead Yet Live. I think I Am the Batman is the better title for the story. I mean, like, I kind of just want to call it The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne, but that's not what it is. Well, it's it's Detective Comics 471 to 472. Yeah, and that is those full issues. Uh, and I'll just say, I am the Batman, because uh, that does feel like the more appropriate title for the full story. Next on the list from Brendan is Detective Comics number four seventy three, the Melee Penguin. I would say. Of the entire Strange Apparitions run, with the exception of the Dr. Phosphorus story, which Marshall Rogers doesn't draw, but I think Walt Simonson does, mm-hmm. uh, this is the most forgettable uh, of the of the run. It's fine. It's a it's a the penguin story. Uh but it's you know, it's kind of sandwiched between the Hugo Strange story and uh the Deadshot story, both of which uh are extremely good, and it's about the penguin. So it's I if I remember the story correctly, I feel like it's kind of more old fashioned than the other Engelhart stories in this run. You know what I mean? Like yeah. 
it's it could pass as a 60s batman story yeah all of these stories are throwbacks in a way but this one feels like this one feels like a a yeah i mean you nailed it 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 feels like it could almost be an episode of batman 66 like down to you know silver st cloud being all up in here yeah okay so this one is going to go lower than the the other ones. Like it's even like the climax occurs at like a big like kick line performance. Yeah. That's how Batman 66 this is. <laughs> and there's a scene of like Batman explaining a riddle to Robin. Right, cuz they find Penguin on an airplane. And it's like he told us he would be here because it he used nothing but flight words in his clues. The penguin loves games, but he always plays fair. Does he? Is that part of his character? <laughs> it certainly isn't anymore. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, the penguin was a, a, a lesser used character. You know, we, we don't get modern penguin for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, now penguin is, Hey, what are you showing me? Ah, don't you guys speak Spanish? Oscar-nominated Colin Farrell. Hey, he does a great job. Yeah, not for that movie. <laughs> no, he's great. He's great in that movie. I don't know what you're talking about. He is great, great movie. in that movie. Uh, when's that Penguin TV show coming out? I've I've the been one about that. the one about him. Yeah, right. I forgot that there was. Yeah, I forgot that before I saw that movie. People liked it, and I was like, okay, is it good enough that there should be a Penguin show? And, <laughs> and like, people were like, I mean, I'd watch it. And I like saw that movie, and I was like, I get it. I disagree, but I do get it. <laughs> All right. This one feels like a middle-of-the-list sort of story. Yeah. Or even I mean, like, like maybe like a lower, like, third quarter of the list kind of story. It's the worst story by the best team. You know, it's the worst story in a great run. It's yeah. still a good story. It's still great. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just, you know, fine. We have a very top heavy list. So the section of the list that's fine is like the 800s. Yeah. I'd say this is better than fine, but it's, you know, it's fine for these two. Uh, let's see, 700, number 700 on this list is Death the High Cost of Living, which is a pretty good comic. Yeah, I mean, the order from 2007 is at 822. Yeah, that's good. If, if that tells you anything. Now, I do like this more than Death the High Cost of Living, because Batman does solve a riddle in it. So, I mean, Batman doesn't solve a riddle in Death the High Cost of Living. That's just a fact. But, you know, I, I think it's, I mean, I don't think it's as good as X-Men the Mutant Massacre. That's pretty good. It's probably not as good as the Coyote Gospel. Probably uh, not as good as Hellboy in Mexico. I'm I'm down the list a bit. Is it better okay. than Demon of Gothos Mansion? Demon of Gothos Mansion is pretty good. Yeah. That's at 887. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty good. It's definitely not as good as the Beard Hunter. I will tell you that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I know it's not as good as Nailing the Table. <laughs> a very funny comic strip. Yes. 
Is it okay? Is it as good as the truly incredible existence of The Walking Dead number one hundred ninety three? The Walking Dead number one hundred ninety three is a marvel. It's, it I don't it know should that, maybe be so much higher on this list. Well, I don't know that it's a good comic, but it's not. Boy, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> But it's a bold comic. As a comic, it's fine. As a... As a... As the final issue of The Walking Dead that nobody knew was going to be the final issue of The Walking Dead and it's a fucking courtroom drama? That's incredible. I, like... There, there are so many bold things about it. It's a courtroom drama. They were seven issues away from 200. They they did not tell anyone it was the last issue and had in fact solicited up to one ninety six. Yeah, I have doubted Bobby Kirkman, Robert Kirkman. I have doubted him since the moment I read the phrase "We are the Walking Dead." Uh huh. And I put that comic down, and I did not go back for like one hundred and sixty issues. But. Yeah. This made me believe. All right. Is this better than Batman the Adventures Continue, The Darker Night with Azrael? Well, that has Azrael in it, Matt. Yeah. So, yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> okay. So, I guess the big question is do we put this above or below Walking Dead 193? I would put it below The Walking Dead because the more we talk about The Walking Dead 193, the more I think it is. It is a like it's a a fantastic four number fifty level big swing. True. Okay. So at the new number eight ninety three, we're gonna put Detective Comics number four seventy three, the Melee Penguin. Uh and that is where that's gonna go. All right. That is the list from Brendan Casey. Brendan, thank you for sending that list in. Our next list is from Thomas Foss, who is sending us something with a theme. Okay. But there are rules, and I have to abide by the rules, Thomas. So here's what Thomas says. Here's a list of stories that get a spotlight in the July 1998 issue of Wizard Magazine. I included a bunch, roughly in the order of how likely I thought it was that you've read them, with the most likely DQs up first. Feel free to ignore the order and bounce around. What is here is a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine comics. That's too many. Our That's cutoff is three. We do allow alternates. But none of these are listed as alternates, and I just I can't I don't think I can allow this list through. I th- that's Tom resubmit. We'll bump you to the top of the line, but come on, you knew there were rules. Pick three of these. You've been you've Tom. You've been around for a long time. You were on the you've been you were on the comics blogger internet, circa mid two thousands. You, you you knew what you were doing. You knew it was wrong. You knew it was wrong. <laughs> Pick three of these and send them to us. You can reorder some of them into alternates as well. But a list of nine, I just can't allow. 
to you, you can send three and three alternates. You cannot uh, send alternates to the alternates. These, these are rules. Without them, we have anarchy. Brendan has the next list that he sent uh, five days later, which was three more Steve Englehart Batman stories. But we can't take two lists from the same person. And take two lists from the same person. In the same episode. So, Brendan, please resubmit that list, I, I would ask. Our next list, we actually have two lists to choose from, from Nick Whalen. Okay? Okay. They are some Golden Age oldies and some Solo Kirby. Mmm, gotta do that Solo Kirby. Okay. The, I mean, like... The, what, I, what I will mean? tell you this. I will tell you this, Chris. The Golden Age oldies will them- thematically tie into the Englehart list that we did earlier. Oh, we, we, okay. All right. Interesting. I was going to say, like, are these just, are these, like, we talking about, like, some some three Batman Golden Age comics? Because I've read those. But I, I, wanted, I still want to do those, those solo Kirby's. Okay. I, I'll, I'll just tell you the story that's in the Golden Age oldies then. It's the introduction of Hugo Strange in Detective Comics 36. Yeah, boy, that's a good one. Yeah. He makes but, Monster Men. But we, we're not doing that list. We're doing the Solo Kirby list, which he starts a bunch with of big fucked up dudes. <laughs> homunculi, you might call them. Yeah. Uh, Silver Star numbers one through six. All right. That comic is wild. Have you read that comic? I've never read Silver Star, no. Okay. It was it's a pretty obscure for you know for a Kirby book. Uh but Image uh put out a collection of it in I mean I think I was still working at the store when it came out because it was when I was kind of really first getting into Kirby. Uh okay. but it's like a nineties Kirby. Or I guess it's I guess it's an eighties Kirby. Uh, I think it's like early eighties, right? It, yeah, it's early eighties. Uh but they're uh post Kirby's death, there was a uh, they did it as part of the Topps uh, Kirbyverse line, yeah. which I have never tracked down all of those. If anybody has like a full set of the Kirbyverse comics, holla at your boy, because I would read them. Um so yeah, this is this comes out from Pacific Comics, the company that was publishing uh Rocketeer and Jack Kirby in the eighties, which is bananas. And you know how you know how Kirby like revisits themes over and over, like you know, like the new god, like you know stuff that he does in Thor. He kind of comes back to in New Gods. He kind of comes back to in Eternals. He kind of comes back to later on. Silver Star is kind of like ten years later. He's going to do some more weird Omac stuff, and it's weirder than Omac, but not in a speculative fiction way, just in a it's weird as hell way. <laughs> uh so it rules, obviously. Uh but it's it's a it's a weird Kirby. I feel like I don't give you Silver Star if you're not already into Jack Kirby comics specifically. Yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, there's an issue where a baseball stadium gets blown up because the, the, they replaced the ball with a bomb. The guy hits it and blows up the whole stadium. <laughs> there's an, there's an issue called the good, the bad, and the miserable Satan's children, which that's two titles, Jack. That's two titles. 
Oh, so the Tops Silver Star book, I guess Kirby, when, when did that book, that, I guess Kirby was dead. Yeah, uh, the, a lot of those are, like, they use existing Kirby art for the covers, but all of the interiors are just people doing stories with these Kirby characters. Yeah, Kurt Busiek wrote the Topps Silver Star book. Yeah. Like, again, I've never been able to find them all at once, and I didn't want to spend time piecing them together. I bet they're... I, I don't bet they're good. But I do bet they're interesting. Which is almost as good as being good. Yeah, the wild thing about the Pacific Comics Silver Star book that actually is a Kirby comic is that it comes out in 1983, but it looks like it's from 1967. Oh, yeah. Like, it's such a throwback look, down to the logo and everything. Yeah. What's weird is that one issue of it has a backup story of Last of the Viking Heroes, which could not look more like an 80s fantasy comic. So you've got this Kirby comic that looks like it's from 10 or 15 years before, and then this very much of its day fantasy backup. But, I mean, it's it's wild. It's a wild comic, Matt. Yeah. Silver Star 1 through 6, wild. Interesting. Almost as good as being good. It's you're not kidding when you say it's like an OMAC. It's it's like an OMAC continuation. Yeah. I, issue three is the one where the baseball stadium gets exploded, mm-hmm. and the second thing that happens, or the thing bef- that happens before the baseball stadium, is there's like a woman driving a car, and Silver Star bursts in through the passenger window and says, "Come on, crazy lady, you've got a half second to escape this death trap." <laughs> That's how you talk when you're a Jack Kirby character, man. He smashes all the windows in the car. <laughs> yeah, man. That's how you got to do it sometimes. Yeah. Don't say that. To, don't say that first part to women, though. That's no. Don't. That's be, bad. Be and, nice and gendered. Don't don't do that. Be nice. I think all she right. is a, a bad lady, but that's no excuse. You should be better than that, Silver Star. Yeah. All right. Help me. Uh, I I cannot rank this. So uh, interesting is almost as good as being good, but it's not as good as being good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think we're like still in like the 800, 900 area. I mean, like I'm trying to figure out like what's the lowest Kirby comic we have. And it's probably like the first X-Men run, right? I f- Think the X Men's at eleven sixty seven. Yeah, that that must them. It's got to be around there somewhere. I I yeah. think we might have some other Kirby thing that low, but I don't have anything listed with Kirby's name between six hundred and ninety nine, which is Black Panther number one through seven, which is good, and yeah. uh, the Lee Kirby run on the original X Men, which is not okay. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's the least of the 60s Marvel Kirby work, for sure. Yeah. I, th- I thought Eternals might be on the list somewhere, but it's not. We only have Neil Gaiman's Eternals. That's not good. So, 
I think that would probably be the other lesser Kirby thing we would have on here. Okay, Kirby I can I can give you my absolute floor. Okay, and I apologize because although he he doesn't listen, I feel like he's the most likely to listen. Um, we cannot rank this lower than Blood is the Harvest. <laughs> oh, Clint! Oh, Clint! Okay, we can't. We we can't, and and Clint would understand. Clint would understand. I mean, Clint has to love Kirby, right? You know he's got to love Kirby. If he doesn't, like, I would be shocked and disappointed. And you know what? I would, I would come back to to social media and I'd be like, hashtag Clint McElroy is over party. <laughs> hashtag cancel Clint. Don't, 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 though. Don't. Don't do that to Clint. McElroy. I'm sure he likes. Je- I'm. Sh- I would bet my house that if he said, "Hey, Clint McElroy, is Jack Kirby any good?" He'd be like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> but we. But he knows we can't. We can't put it there. Right above that is Swamp Thing number thirty-two. Right above that is Calvin Hobbes Tyrannosaurus and F-14s. I think Tyrannosaurus and F-14s is probably a better read than Silver Star, having read them both. Okay, then the question is Swamp Thing, Volume 2, Number 32. What's in Swamp Thing 32? That's a I more issue. I mean, it's probably good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably at least as good as Blood is the Harvest. <laughs> That's what I'm getting. Um, I mean, shit, this cover's got like Swamp Thing wrestling alligators, and it says sophisticated suspense. So that's pretty good. <laughs> Oh, sophisticated suspense. Yeah, this is, a, this is an Alan Moore, Sean McManus issue. Oh, it's the Pogo tribute. Oh, it's the Pogo issue. That's old That's old comics. Yeah, we can put this above that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, at the due number 929, we're putting Silver Star. Pacific Silver Star Com- numbers 136. Pacific Comics. Because there was also the top comics, Pacific Star. Okay. Next. What if that what if that Pacific Courier van that Hans uh-huh. Gruber drives in Nakatomi Plaza uh-huh. in Die Hard, what if it was a Pacific Comics van instead? I think it would have gone a little something like this. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to read the Rocketeer. I read a Lady about Lady, you have five seconds to get out of this death trap. Next on the list from Nick Whalen is Captain Victory's origin from Captain Victory numbers 11 through 13. Okay, those I own, but I have not read. I have not read them either. Later era Kirby, and I say this as someone who very clearly likes it, you gotta gotta be in the right mind state. And I'm not saying there's, there's chemical alteration that has to happen to your mind state. But I'm saying it probably wouldn't hurt when you're getting specific later Eric Kirby and Captain Victory is a bit of a, a bit of a trial for me. I wonder if we should put that on a list for comics catch up. Put on the list Chris and Matt do edibles. And read Captain Victory. And read Jack Kirby's Captain Victory. Now, that is another Pacific Comics series mm-hmm. that lasted 13 issues. So we don't get the origin of Captain Victory until the end. That's pretty wild. That's bold. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. Well, we got to skip that one, but if let us know, listeners, if we should do Captain Victory for a catch-up sometime in 2023. And, and you will obviously have to go to, like, Massachusetts. We'll have to meet up in, like, Seattle or, or Massachusetts or something. Well, I could just I could just go to one of the stores around here and get some Sebe Day. Some Delta 9. That's that not the same. Buy That's legally. Same. <laughs> I don't... I, the 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 I don't I don't fuck with the CBD that 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 stuff's all hype. Finally, on the list here from Nick is Atlas from First Issue Special Number One. Matt, do you know about this Tom King book? The the one with the Newsboy Legion. It's it's it it's all the characters from First Issue Special. Yeah yeah yeah. So I, I've I've heard about it and I've heard that it sucks, but I I, 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 I don't know anything else. One of the fucking dingbats of Danger Street gets murdered in it. <laughs> God, like, first thing like that's the inciting incident. Like Lady Cop couldn't stop that one apparently. You know, Cap. That's what I say. I think we're learning Tom King's like his crutches that he leans on. Did you see the other weird Tom King thing? No. What is that? About why he did a story about ice. No. He was like, this is literally what he said in like an interview. He was like, yeah, my kid really likes ice and kept saying, when are you going to do a story with ice? Like ice is my, my favorite character. Like you should do a story with ice. So I did. And that's human target to to you know just you know to 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 keep my two year old happy, and I had to stand up and then sit down. I had to stand up so that I could sit down when I read that. Is ice in like DC superhero girls or something? Yeah, like there's like she's in she's in something. That's bonkers. Buddy, buddy, if you're if your small child asks you to do a comic about ice from Just League International, then the story that results from that I don't think should be the story that happens in human target. Yeah, that seems that seems wrong. Where ice um Cucks and murders got Gardner. <laughs> That's uh, look, like three been, words that a two-year-old shouldn't know. Cucks, told, murders, and We Okay, while we're on this topic, we've been told, one, that the murder is a fake-out. Of course, it's comics. Two, that Guy Gardner deserved it because he sucks as, and is an abusive boyfriend. But that's a problem in its own right. That is also a problem in its own right. Yeah, like that's also a problem. Like that's that seems like a pretty definitive and serious change to the character of Guy Gardner. Yeah. I mean, he was like written as a like in the 80s written as like a jerk boyfriend which comes off worse 40 years later, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh but like like, like, yeah, the guy Gardner in that comic 
uh, sucked and should be shattered by Ice's ice powers. There's also a comic where somebody has fucking ice powers. So, I mean, that's that would be my my response to that. Anyway. Like, look, I'm not I'm not saying that version of Guy Gardner didn't deserve it. I'm saying that version of Guy Gardner should not exist. It feels like we really don't want to talk about Atlas. It's fine. Atlas is fine. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason Atlas... Um, besides DC's weird inability to ever actually commit to Kirby, while they had him, like... Other than, like, specifically Paul Levitz? Like, DC Comics as a company did not want to commit to Jack Kirby. Which is wild. You know? They, they are the, the... 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 The DC Comics of Jack Kirby's day is the DC Comics that had Al Plastino redraw his faces. That, that took a look at Jack Kirby's work and was like, Al Plastino, please. And I like Al Plastino. He, That's he, the most old man thing I've ever said. <laughs> Here are the two worst things about because I've I have read this I have read this like origin of Atlas for DC and I remember two distinct things about it where I was like mm, this makes it worse and I'll tell you what the two things are both of which are not really Jack Kirby's fault. One, it's just straight up a Thor redo. I mean, it is, but I, I can see where you get that. But like to me, this is like, oh, Jack Kirby's doing Conan. I mean, it's it's a Thor redo with Conan elements, where he's like wrecking dudes in a way that Thor doesn't necessarily do. But I guarantee you, where this came from is a DC editor went to Kirby and said. Hey, what if what if we kind of like did our version of Thor? What if we got another mythological character and and made them a hero, like Atlas or somebody? And then Kirby like picked that up and ran with it. I don't know that that's the origin of this character, but in my mind it is. And then you talking about not committing. This story ends with, hey, if you want to read more about Atlas, write to us. Yeah. They couldn't even commit to it. Yeah, I mean, that that's the gimmick of First Issue Special in the same way that it was the gimmick of Showcase. But, yeah. like, also, it's fucking Jack Kirby, dude. If you want to give him, like, if you want him to do you a Conan, if you want him to do you a Thor, get him to do you, do you a fantasy. Like, because, yeah, it's, like... I mean, Matt, I'll tell you this. Sounds like you're angling pretty far down. There's a great hat in this comic. No, no, no. I think it's fine. I think there were just a few things that, like, drag it down. And drag the character of Atlas down. Because I'm going to tell you, there was never an Atlas comic. There was not. Here's here's what I want everybody to do. Atlas was in the Justice League for a while. Not he long. He was in the Justice League for a while, Matt. Not long, but a little while. Oof. But he like he he kind of just went away. 
Like I was going to say DC wanted to create a Thor and ended up creating a Marvel Hercules. But this dude is, didn't even get over like Marvel Hercules. What if we and all of our listeners wrote to the story behind the story, National Periodical Publications, 75 Rockefeller Plaza, New York, New York, 10011, yeah. and said, hey, we would like to read more about Atlas, <laughs> but not like you're doing now. Not like this. Yeah. What you're doing now is wrong and bad. What you should be doing is just get – is if you got – look around, see if there's any unpublished Kirby pages. Sometimes there are. And then put those out. Yeah. Can you do that? That would be good. Anyway, I, you were going to say something. Please. Please. Oh, but I was just going to say there's – um. What I want everybody to do is go out and get a copy of First Issue Special Number 1 starring Atlas. It won't be hard to find. I can almost guarantee you it will not be hard to find this one. Uh, Go to page 11. That's story page 11. Don't count the ads. Just look at the number in the bottom right-hand corner. You're going to get past uh, uh, an ad for uh, model cars. You're going to get past uh, an ad for karate. Just like the concept of karate. Um, go to page 11, story page 11. It's, um, it's the start of, uh, of the second half of the story. Um, and peep this motherfucker's weird ass head and kick ass hat. Are, are you talking about the slaver? Uh, yeah, man. He's got, first of all, his head is wild. His uh-huh. head itself is buck nasty. <laughs> uh, that the- hat though? you're talking about the dude who's like hey atlas you're mine now and atlas is like no fuck you yeah atlas as a child whoops a grown man's ass yeah uh and it's a guy with the look it's not the good hat but it is a good hat and maybe he wants to put this on the war rocket wiki as a good hat Maybe we, okay, we've got the good hat on its own page, but I do think we need a page of, of good hats. So this is a good hat, and it can be number one on the on the list of hats. Of good hats. Of good hats, yeah. Yeah. This is a good hat. Matt, look at this thing. It's a good hat. It's, it's a good hat, but it's not as good as the good hat. No, of course it's not as good as the good hat. And it's being worn by a bad guy. It's being worn by a bad guy, but Matt, guy aside... The hat. It's a good hat. It's such a good hat. Here's, here's It's got okay. a full dragon on the hat, and it's not even the primary feature of the hat. Let me revise what I said earlier about like All right. this being a Thor redo. Okay. It's a Thor redo if it was all Kirby and no Stan. I mean, that makes it sound pretty good. But it's... Weirdly, it's not as good. Like it's it's pretty good, but it's not as good as Thor. It's, I, I it's, think by inviting the comparison, you're setting yourself up for a bad a bad time. It's Conan. If you just told somebody about Conan over like lunch, and he was like, "Yeah, I got it," and then went and drew you twenty pages of comics in two weeks, which is Probably exactly what happened. Yeah. 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 All right. I don't know. It's pretty good, man. It's just, it like, the more I like it, 
the it's better than Silver Star. I'll give it I'll give it better than Silver Star. Yeah, that hat gets it a lot of cred with, with you, boy. I don't think it's going to get out of it's. I don't think it's going to get above seven hundred. Okay. All right. So what's at seven hundred right now? Death, the high cost of living, but at six ninety nine is Kirby Black Panther, which is better than this. That's better than this. Yeah. Um. What if we uh? What if we um? Matt, can I can I sidebar with you for a second? Yeah. Uh, Matt, thank you for coming to the sidebar. Yeah. Sure. Uh, cheers. I'm glad the listeners can't hear this. Uh, me too. Uh, how are you, by the way? You doing good? You know, I'm okay. I'm a little tired. I just. You, you know, I work on my weekend, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear you. How, uh, how's how's it up there in, in Snowtown? It's cold outside, but it's weirdly hot in this room. Like, I'm uncomfortably warm right now at my desk. But there's a device in your house that I think will could change the temperature. Yeah, yeah, Matt, there's a device in my house that can change the temperature. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> I'm glad the listeners can't hear this. <laughs> this is our this relationship is, coming out. This is it. Yeah. You've crossed the line one too many times. When we get on the sidebar, it's over. I'm just kidding. Love you, buddy. Um, do you want to hawk it? Say that again? You want to hawk it? Hawk it? Yeah, like Tony Hawk it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Do you want to, like, uh, come out of the half pipe, grab the nose, and... um. And uh, drop this bad boy at uh, at the Tony Hawk's nine hundred. Let's see, number nine hundred. It's, it's the Legion of Superheroes, the Super Stalag of Space, which is a wild and very entertaining Silver Age Legion story. Hmm, okay, I. You know what I I discovered, Chris? By the way, talking about hawking it. Uh, what did you discover? Did I accidentally say something that's like a horrible twenty first century no. sex act? No. No, okay. no, okay, not Good. yet, not yet. Oh God, Soon to be. don't! I'm so glad the listeners can't hear this. I found the video game that I'm worst at, and it's Tony Hawk. You're. I well, tried. Not- I tried to play that remake, Tony Hawk, and oh, I just I, can't. Like I never really played Tony Hawk when I was a teenager. Okay. Well, that, that and I just never got this. You and me. Yeah. And I just never got the skills. And so I tried to play the remake, and I just can't. Like, I just don't have it. Okay, that's wild to me. Because I got that remake of uh, THPS 1 and 2. Yeah. Uh, Two games that I spent a considerable amount of time with. And the the muscle memory was back. I mean, Matt, I was playing that game, and I was feeling like a Superman. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't have any muscle memory, so I just sucked at it and couldn't get any better. I but, tried. I mean, it's, it's it's, but I mean, like you're good at video games. You're good at those hard games that I don't like. It, the, the, Tony Hawk is for me what those games are to you. Tony Hawk is your Bloodborne. Yeah, that's wild. Because I bet if you put the the what is what what are you in? It's El, in Elden Ring. You're the tarnished. Uh-huh, or whatever. What yeah. are you in Bloodborne? You're like the the gross out the hunter. You're the hunter. One of the, the hunters. Hunter. What if you put that dude into like school two? 
And like you had all those weird dudes with their long arms and pitchforks that fucked me up. Like you, th- you could probably get through that, right? Because you know that you know the moves. Maybe is the sidebar over? No, no, no we're still in the sidebar because we're talking about Tony Hawk. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think we're done talking about Tony Hawk. So no, I'm just I think- saying if you give me a fucking board in Bloodborne, yeah, and I, mean- I could kill those dudes by like fucking McTwisting at them. You got a strong point. If I could find if, if I could find the secret tape in fucking Bloodborne, I would kick ass have, at that game. They made that Bloodborne that's like a PlayStation One game. They should make a Bloodborne that's like a Tony Hawk. They should make a Bloodborne that's like a Tony Hawk. Yep, Tony Hawk's Blood Skater Born. Yes, I think we're done with the sidebar. So we, yeah, let's so go we're back. 900, to we're nine hundred. We're hawking it. Uh, we decided to hawk it and put it, put Atlas, it's first issue special number one, mm-hmm. Atlas. We had a very concise and to the point discussion about this, Yeah, uh, where we weighed a lot of possibilities and decided to put uh, Jack Kirby's Atlas at uh, the Tony Hawk number 900. Number 900, yes. Which I'd like to introduce the new challenge, which is the Tony Hawk challenge. For Try to get number 900. Where it's, which is where you, you give us $900. Oh, I like that challenge. Yeah. That's, if, uh, you've, if you've completed the full beast, which is 666, then you gotta hawk it. You gotta hawk it, baby. Uh, Nick, thank you for sending in that list. Chris, I feel like we have an audience that is especially suited to be interested in our sponsor, Paperlike. We do a podcast that's mostly about comic books. We have a lot of artists who listen to the show. And the Paperlike screen protector for the iPad makes writing and drawing on an iPad feel like you're writing and drawing on paper. That's right, Matt. Now dig this. I'm a note taker. I'm a notebook guy. I'm a stationary guy, a pen guy. But ever since I got the new iPad with the Apple Pencil, I've loved taking notes on it. The only thing that stops me is that it doesn't feel like writing on paper, which I love. I love that feeling. It's one of the reasons that I take notes so much and write down on paper. But with Paperlike, I get that feeling with the convenience, the editability, everything that I love about taking notes on the iPad with the Apple Pencil, I get with the feeling of writing on paper, which sounds so simple, but is so very nice. And if you're wondering how Paperlike makes it feel like that, they have this technology. It's a proprietary technology called NanoDots, and that creates the natural resistance of paper while you're writing on your iPad screen. It's pretty amazing. And even if you're not an artist, even if you're just a person who likes to take notes, who needs to write things down to remember them, you're going to really, I think, like the feel of having this on your iPad. And Chris, I know you've been using yours. It was so weird when I started taking notes on the iPad because as much as I like the convenience, it's weird to see my handwriting and notice the differences between when I have that resistance and when it's moving across something so smooth. We're, we're 40, you and I, right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I've been writing on paper for a long time, so it took me a minute to really get used to. 
With Paperlike, though, I get to just have that same feeling that feels so familiar, feels so comfortable. But I get to erase when I write a letter that looks weird, which I do in paper notebooks all the time. I can never get my B to look right. You know? My my B always looks weird. What like I get it right one out of seven times. With paper, like I get the feeling of writing on paper, but I get to go back and fix it if I don't like the way that B looks. And that's nice. That's important to me. I know I sound like I'm obsessing, but that's the kind of product this is. If you are the person who obsesses over the feeling of writing on paper, like I do, then th- you will love it. The latest iteration of Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils that are designed for maximum picture clarity. They're not going to obscure the image on your iPad. And every Paperlike comes in a set of two. So if you need to replace it, or if you have two iPads, you will have two Paperlikes to put on your screen. Here's what you need to do. To pick up your Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com slash ajax click buy paperlike and select your ipad size if you're ready to do more with your ipad head over to paperlike.com slash ajax to get started chris our next list from kevin chiat i legitimately don't know if we've done this list before or not okay i could tell you that i don't think we can rank anything from it it is a list of some recent Batman stories. You tell me if you think any of these can be ranked by us. Okay. First is Every Day from Batman Annual Number 4 by Tom King, Jorge Fornas, and Mike Norton. Oh boy, I'm almost sure we read that, Matt. I, it seems familiar, but I, like, I don't know if I remember that story specifically. All right. All right. Okay, let's go look. So that, the Tom King Batman, oh, I've got all these issues somewhere. It's, uh, it's a 2011 series. It's, 2016. 2016. Oh, it's 2016. 2016. Yeah, no, no, but it's uh, the annual came out in 2016. But that's the 2011 Batman series, right? No, it's the 2016 Batman series. Oh, well, f- fuck me then, I guess. Unless no 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 yeah it's the 2016 Batman series okay I forgot they relaunched Batman again in 2016 yeah oh I do remember this story damn, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh the crushing pain of memory it's the story where it's like Batman doing all this stuff on different days. And like going on different adventures on different days. And then okay. the stories get shorter and shorter and shorter. Until finally they're just like single panels of him like going on adventures, like being a pirate and putting a stake through a vampire's heart and being lowered into a aquarium of piranhas and uh, playing football. Like, there's one of the longer stories where he's basically in a Doctor Strange story from the 60s, like a Steve Ditko Doctor Strange story. And here's the thing. This is cool, but 
you know what this story says to me? Here's Batman doing a bunch of cool shit that I'm never going to show in a story. And I'm never going to expand on. This is actually indicative of something that like really pisses me off from DC Comics of this era. Which is, hey, what would have been a good story? We're skipping over that. To get to a bad story. Or a boring story. It reminds me of when the Justice League had just beaten Amazo, and we just skip over that. Oh man, that is the exact thing I was thinking of in Justice League number six or seven. Yeah. That's that's right when we find out about Mr. Graves. Yeah. Man, that's it's been Matt, we're we I think have passed the tenth anniversary of you and me saying the name of that character like that. Mr. Graves. Mr. Graves. Like, I want to see these complete stories. And it this makes me wish that the Tom King run on Batman had been Batman doing this cool shit. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, there are a couple of, like, I mean, the first couple of stories are as much as you need from them. Like, Batman fights a, has an MMA fight. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, And and there's some good stuff. I I think this is one of the better Tom King stories, actually. I I look, I agree. Because it's a lot of good ideas, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's in some ways kind of Morrison-y. Where it's packed with all these ideas that you kind of wanted to expand on a little more. I mean, look, I don't know if I want a full story of Batman having an MMA fight. <laughs> I can, mean, I kind of do. I think you could kind of leave that one. But one of these is Batman fighting fucking dragons. I want that to be a whole story arc, dude. Yeah, but I... I I get I like I think I am going to argue in favor of this one a little more just because like it this comic has the promise of a Batman we don't really get even in like modern Batman stories that I like with the exception of Batman Universe which kind of does this for real and which I really love the yeah. Bendis and uh Nick Dragata story the, the, uh, like, weirdly, the weirdly the Walmart Batman comic, yeah, which is so good, yeah, uh, and was there with that Tom King Superman story uh, that we haven't read or talked about. Um, but like, I I like that we get a couple of stories of like, yeah. Batman fights dragons in this and he fights dragons for, you know, a couple pages and beats the dragons and it's all about it. And then you see Batman doing other stuff. He saves a dog. He's, he gives Tim a hug. Uh, he, you know, fights Calabac, but he's also like, you know, doing weird stuff. And it's like, if this is, if this is what Batman's every day is like, then this is what the comic Batman should be like. Exactly. And I, I feel like even modern runs that I like were not this Batman, so I don't know what this Batman is. It's certainly not Tom King's Batman. 
it's definitely not Tom King's Batman, but it's also not really Morrison's Batman or Tynan's Batman or maybe it's not Chip's Batman either. You know, it's it's I this it's, is a Batman who does a bunch of different stuff. But here's the thing. I think this is Tom King's Batman in between all the stories that Tom King tells in his run, which is what is frustrating about this to me. Because it shows me what Tom King's Batman run could have been. And that's less a problem with this story than with Tom King's Batman run. You know? Like, there's a bit in here where, like, Batman's solving a locked room mystery. Mm -hmm. And he's like, six suspects, one murder. Someone was lying. And then it just cuts to the guy getting arrested. So we don't see the, any of the solving part because it's like that's not what's important to Tom King. We're just we're we're just supposed to see what Batman what Batman does. But I want the mystery story, you know. That's what's frustrating to me about it. Yeah, the worst part of this is when it is kind of the best looking part. Uh, which is where Batman goes into like a weird Steve Ditko cosmic adventure for a second. Yes. And he does that thing that I hate uh, that uh, once you realize that it's what they did on, on Doctor Who a lot, like it ru- completely ruins the show, which is that they just uh, like, he would just talk about other cool stuff that he did and be like, yeah, so, like, I did that. So, f- f- back off, bozos. Oh, you mean like the first Matt Smith episode of Doctor Who? Yeah. Where he wins by saying, I'm Doctor Who? Yeah. And in <laughs> this one, he, he wins by saying, like, I'm Batman. Like, what he should have said was, motherfucker, I wrestled dragons yesterday. Yeah. He shouldn't say the M- the MF word. That's... That he shouldn't set a bad example like that. That's true. Like, I don't, like, okay. I think this story's better, but I, I, the thing that makes this story bad is context. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which is very funny. Like, on its own, it's good, right? Because the point is, Batman is varied. There are many aspects of Batman, and they are all Batman. Yeah, it's all the same guy. Yeah, one day he could be swinging shirtless on a vine through the jungle. The next day he could be helping an old lady cross the street. Two days after that, he could be playing football or jousting or riding on a giant robot. And all of those are valid Batman. Like, I get it. But that is not borne out by Tom King's run on Batman. Right. I remember how I read this story, by the way. This got put in some collection, like some anthology thing. I didn't read it as this annual. It got put in some anthology of Batman stories. It might have been in like Detective Comics 1000 or something like that. Now that I think of it. Because I feel like I read this pretty recently. And I had the same reaction to it where I was like, Motherfucker, why wasn't this your Batman run? Yeah. Batman races the Rad Racer in this. Yeah. Like, so... So that's it. You know, like... 
as a story, it's pretty good. In the context of Tom King's Batman, it's infuriating. I look, I get that. I get that. It's weird because one of the things we always say is like we have to judge the story that we have, right? Yeah. Like Frank Wiley and Chris Burnham did not draw Batman R.I.P. So we That's cannot rank it as, as though it, that comic exists when we can compare it to it. Yeah. But yeah. with but this this is literally a bunch of comics we don't have. <laughs> this is literally a bunch of comics that don't exist, but they exist here, but nowhere else, which I guess is all comics, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's it's this is too philosophical. It's stories I wish I would have gotten. Yeah, man. Instead of the stories I got. It's... Yeah, man. Hmm. Batman, Batman wears skis in this. He does. He wears skis. Yeah. This is a great... This is a great story for someone to write who's not writing the book Batman. <laughs> you know? Right, like, because... Because, like, if you're writing the book Batman, then do complete versions of these stories. Yeah. Instead of the war of jokes and riddles. Yeah. Instead of yeah, the fucking Catwoman wedding story. That Catwoman wedding issue was not not great. You know? You know what I'm saying? I do That's know. I know exactly what you're saying. That's all, man. Just <laughs> help me out. Help me out, Tom. Yeah. Look, we're here. We want to like these things. Believe it or not, we want to like these things. Yeah. I, I, I cannot figure out where I saw this story reprinted. But I, it, was, it was reprinted in some big anthology thing somewhere. It wasn't Detective 1000. I don't know where it was, but... It definitely got reprinted in something. Um, anyway, I don't know. I'm very conflicted about this. It's it's probably my favorite Tom King Batman story. Yeah. But also yeah. it makes me mad. <laughs> that's, that's this show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's probably my favorite Batman story by this guy. It does make me furious. <laughs> I like the thing is on its own. I think this is a perfectly good Batman. Story. I mean, look, we haven't talked about how great the art is. It's Jorge Fornos and Mike Norton. Like, oh yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a like if you're going to read an issue of Batman, you could do a lot worse than to get this one. Oh yeah, and like the Doctor Strange looking stuff looks great. The like all the art looks great. There's one there's one day in the diary where Batman's just beat to shit and his face is all bloody and it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Batman hits a Superman punch. He sure does. This, this issue, which is very funny if you really think about it. If you really think about it, yeah. Yeah. Uh I don't know, man. This is a tough one. Where, wherever we have the War of Jokes and Riddles, we should put this there and then move War of Jokes and Riddles down like 200 spaces. Well, we put War of Jokes and Riddles 
somewhere because we could not determine whether it was good. It's at seven sixty nine, seven nice right now. That's so high for yeah. that story, which is, and I know why we did it. It's because there is like good stuff in there. There is something good in there. Like There's the kite, kite man stuff is in there. Kite man, hell yeah. But but like, it's so clearly a story that didn't have a plan, or that abandoned its plan halfway through. Like. I don't know. I think I think we could put this story at seven sixty nine and and re rank War of Jokes and Riddles because we we have War of Jokes and Riddles ranked with question marks. We do. Here's my thing about War of Jokes and Riddles. It is a story that skips over the good parts. Yes. Right. Yeah. It skips over the good parts to get to boring stuff. And it's infuriating for that reason. This story is only the good parts of all the stories. Yeah. Man, just put those together, Tom. Just put those fucking together. Just do those just do the good parts. Do the and good don't... parts and the boring parts, but put them into one story so it's a complete story. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm, I don't know. Maybe like don't kill anybody in it either. Yeah. I don't know. I I would put this. I would be fine with putting this just like right above War and Jokes and Riddles. War of Jokes and Riddles. I'm not kidding about wanting to bump War of Jokes and Riddles down at least two hundred spaces. If we're gonna re-rank War of Jokes and Riddles, that's got to be something we do on another date. I think right we, now at nine sixty nine, we have Calvin and Hobbes, the depressing rainy day one. We could put War of Jokes and Riddles there. Okay, the only time we've ever re-ranked a story, uh huh, was Maximum Carnage, and we reread it. Uh huh. To re-rank War of Jokes and Riddles, we have to. We would have to reread it. And- I. See, I I would have to go back, but I'm pretty sure when we ranked War of Jokes and Riddles, we were so mystified by it. I feel like we did leave ourselves a revisional like a revi- a revision provision. This this is going to take more than a decision right now. I'm not willing to move War of Jokes and Riddles down 200 spots right now. Okay. Well, then we need to put this at exactly number 769. Okay, that uh, I can do. This is about that good, I think. I think we can agree on that. Yes. As I said, what makes the story bad is context. <laughs> uh, do, they, do they make it – is it every day one word or is it every day two words? It's every day one word as in like mm. – the. it should be every day two words, but it's kind of like, you know – Batman's everyday everyday carry Batman. Everyday two one word is an adjective. Everyday two words is what you would say if you're saying yeah, it now. It's his everyday life. I yeah. think it's fine. I think you're just, I think you're looking It should be two words. Be mad right now. It should be two words. Next on Kevin's list is Batman Creature of the Night by Kurt Busiek and John Paul Leon. Didn't read it. Uh, kind of like it. forgot it existed until very recently, and then I was like, "Oh man, is that good?" <laughs> when did that come out? It's like it's 
It came out like this past year. 2018. It's very new. 2018. 2018 was that long ago? Oh, never mind. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Time time is a mystery. 2018 to me is this past year. Yeah. That's another one of those things. It, it's it's an attempt to do Superman's secret identity with Batman, right? Yes. I, like That's what I've heard. I've heard it's like kind of a spiritual successor to Superman's secret identity, but with Batman. But I don't know what that means in this context it's it's about a kid who like identify who is the batman of the story but it's not batman you know what i mean like it's it's more real i guess so wait, is it am i in it yeah it's you it's a story about you you should definitely read it i it's, it's about chris I mean, sims i mean if it's a curb music story yeah I don't know shit. What have we ever shit talk Kurt Busiek? <laughs> Usually pretty positive to him. Yeah, I've never yeah, I've talked a lot of shit about No, no, that wasn't him. I was about to say Crucifer, but that was Claremont. Mm-hmm. And Burn. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think we've been pretty good to Busiek. I think the Busiek work that we may have been the most kind of jokey about is Aerosmith, which is like one standard length of comic. Although, good Carlos Pacheco art. R.I.P. I mean, it's, Aerosmith is good. Yeah. Air, air, like, that's, like, what we said about Aerosmith is like, it's a B plus. <laughs> it's a good hand. It's a B plus player. That's yeah. not a bad thing. You yeah. need those. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to table Batman Creature of the Night. That's another potential catch-up candidate, I think. So, so far, our catch-up candidates from this episode are Silverstar. Wait, no, not Silverstar. The other Kirby thing. Captain Victory. Captain Victory. I'm going to write these down. Captain Victory, and now Batman Creature of the Night. We already have to do New 52 Secret 6 next. But those are two good contenders for catch-up. Uh, finally on Kevin's list is The Riddle by Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey, which is from issue five of Batman Black and White. I have not read it, but it's good. I, I mean, it's McKelvey and Gillen, so it's probably pretty good, yeah. Uh Two alternates from Kevin. The Devil is in the Details by uh, David Aja, which is from Batman Black and White number two. I haven't read any of those Batman Black and White. I haven't read any of those new Batman Black and White comics. Yeah. How about Batman and Spider-Man New Age Dawning? The second Batman-Spider-Man crossover by J.M. DeMatteis and Graham Nolan. Oh, I've read that shit. I know I've read that. I was about to say, at least one of us has has to have read that. It's got a bad Batman logo and a bad Spider-Man logo on it. Oh, yeah, it really does. Both of those Batman-Spider-Man crossovers have bad logos. Uh, But this one is... They're trying to make their logos similar to each other. And uh, it ain't good. No, I used to own this like in print i remember 
It's the Ra's al Ghul Kingpin team-up book. That's fucking wild. <laughs> I have not read this. It Okay. Like so many of the team-up books we have discussed in the past, it's not, it's not as good as you want it to be. You know what it's like. Okay. This is going to make it sound better than it actually is. Reading this book is like reading a crossover episode of the 90s Spider-Man cartoon and then Batman the Animated Series. Because it is absolutely the versions of the characters from the cartoons. Mm-hmm. Including Ra's al Ghul and Kingpin. Yeah. Like, it's a little more comic-y than that. But it's it feels like it's very focused on fans of the cartoon shows. I mean, that... Everything about it sounds good. Yeah. Jay Maddie's good. Graham Nolan, good. Kurt, uh, uh, Carl Kiesel, good. Batman, good. Spider-Man, good. Graham Nolan is 100% doing... He's not so much doing Batman the Animated Series Batman, but he's definitely doing Fox Kids Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I'm looking at it now and like kingpin 2 is like a he's a big boy oh look at the design of Razal ghoul in it oh yeah that is david warner Razal ghoul right there he might as well be voiced by david warner yeah uh so the 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 main things that happen in it are kingpin uh vanessa is sick and so Kingpin is looking for a way to cure her, and he's going to get that from Ra's al Ghul. But Kingpin is also going to uh, betray Ra's al Ghul, and they're going to team up to defeat Batman and Spider-Man as well. Uh, so Batman and Spider-Man stop it. Mary Jane almost drowns at one point. And... Ultimately, the best thing that happens in the whole book is Spider-Man ends up getting some Lazarus juice, and he brings it in a vial to Kingpin to help heal Vanessa. That, that's, that's the best thing about the whole thing. But it ain't as good as you want it to be, unfortunately. It sure ain't. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. Uh, let me look at some other team up stuff that we've got. Like, do we have a any other Batman Spider Man book? Uh, there's Spider Man Jay Leno One Night Only. <laughs> did we rank that? Yeah, we did. It's at twelve ninety nine. That's I can't remember that, uh, and I'm it, glad. It ain't good. It ain't good. I mean, mathematically, that is very clear, Matt. Yeah. Let me see. Let me see some other Batman team up stuff. Okay, so we have Batman Hellboy Starman at number eight forty five. The the comic that Batman is barely in. Yeah. Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is at number eight sixty eight. 
Batman Judge Dread Judgment on Gotham is 922. That one's not as good as it should be. Batman Captain America is at 1147. This is better than that. And it's better than Batman Daredevil King of New York. I think it's this is about as good as Batman Judge Dredd. That's, I mean, Batman Judge Dredd's not good. This is about as good. It might be slightly better than Batman Judge Dredd. I but it's not I as know I would be disappointed by this, by what you're saying, because I, again, I'm looking at it, I'm like, everything about this is good. Okay, this is not as good as Batman vs. Predator. A comic that's better than you think it is. A comic that's better than you think it is, but still... But, like... Still not great, but definitely better than you think it's gonna be. Yeah. Alright, so All right. so does it go above or below Judge Dredd the Santa Affair? I think it can go above Judge Dredd the Santa Affair, which ends up being kind of a bummer. Uh, so I'll, I'll say Batman Spider-Man... There's not a subtitle on the book itself, right? On the cover? New Age Dawning is on the inside New Age, front cover. New Age Dawning is on the inside front cover, so that's what we'll call it. Batman Spider-Man New Age Dawning, which is 1,000% a crossover between Batman the Animated Series and Spider-Man, the Spider-Man Animated Series on Fox Kids. Uh, it's at the new number 921. Graham Nolan, underrated. Yeah, I agree. We have a list from Steve Lee. I don't know if we're going to have time to get all the way through it, but we can start. All right. Maybe we will. Um, this is a list about Spider-Man's many changes in career. Spider-Man, newspaper man, author, teacher. So first on the list is Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, issue two. Duel to the Death with the Vulture by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Boy. That is when Spider-Man starts selling pictures of Spider-Man to J. Jonah uh, Jameson. Put, put a note on that one. One colon JJJ. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, boy. Uh, that guy? The, the, that comic? Gave us that guy? And that guy? Rules. <laughs> The stuff with the vulture is kind of whatever. But the introduction of J. Jonah Jameson is great. Here's what is wild about J. Jonah Jameson. He's as good now that he knows Peter's identity as he's like, he's still good. He's still just as good. He's always been good. He's always been good. Like, as a as a foil for Peter Parker, just a guy who fucking hates Spider-Man. <laughs> like, a guy who yeah. is not, like, a terrible journalist otherwise is kind of like no. a shitty person. In fact, later stories have revealed that he was, was and is a good journalist. Yeah. Who actually cares about the truth. Yeah. Except in the one case of Spider-Man. Except he just fucking hates (laughs) Spider-Man. 
like every development of Jay Jonah has been great. Like when he was mayor, loved Mayor Jonah. This is the second panel of existence for J. Jonah Jameson. Okay. In the first, he asked Peter how uh, he was able to get those pictures. In mm-hmm. his... No, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is not... It, forget I said all that. But, like, he says, in his first appearance, with pictures like these, I can almost stand living in a city with Spider-Man in it. <laughs> that's great oh man sure my boy sure and if you give me any more great pictures remember to give me first crack at them well all, we're always in the market for sensational photos in fact if you can ever get a picture of that public menace spider-man <laughs> <laughs> this is this is pre-daily bugle by the way in this issue, J. Jonah Jameson is the publisher of Now Magazine. Yeah. Which did, um, has been referenced every Now Magazine and then Magazine uh, in the comics. Like, th- it's been brought back a couple of times. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not yet the the Bugle. What's funny about this is, instead of the Bugle building, it's a building that says J. Jonah Jameson Publishing on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, and and again, first panel of his existence, he's holding a copy of Now Magazine that has a picture of Spider-Man on the cover that just says Menace. And Peter finds out about it because he's in class, in his like high school science class, holding a test tube, and other students are just standing around in class reading Now Magazine. About how they'll pay good money for a photo, photo of the vulture. The, the problem with this story is the, the the problem with a lot of these like early Spider-Man stories in particular, but like Marvel stories in general. It's too much stuff in a very small space because Amazing Spider-Man number two has two stories in it. A vulture story and a tinkerer story. Yeah, it's packed. It's kind of too much. It, it is. like Vulture ends up getting short shrift. But that's better than not enough. I mean, I would say the tinkerer... So it doesn't, I guess, get short shrift, but it does, like... They did have to go back and be like, actually, the tinkerer is not a weird alien. Yeah, the Tinker story is the weird one in this. Um, yes, yes, yes. The Tinker story is extremely weird. Yeah, but yeah, like I mean, that Peter Parker, like we've talked about Dicko a lot, and Dicko's Peter, and how Dicko's Peter Parker is so different from everyone else's because he's still like a little bit of a piece of shit. Like uh-huh. Dicko gives him like a little bit of a mean streak in his look and his conniving ass face when he's like, I can sell pictures of myself to this motherfucker is so good. This is his actual thought. Yeah. 
He thinks I'm just a typical teenage kid. Good. That's the way I like it. And this wad of bills he paid me is what I like also. (laughs) (laughs) Then he goes home and shares the money with Aunt May. Of course he does. Because, you know, he's learned his lesson. But he's still like... I love Dick Goes Gwen. Like... If you think of Gwen, you think of John Romita's Gwen. Dicko Gwen? Dicko Gwen? Greater than sign Romita Gwen? <laughs> Dicko Gwen, who's a little bit mean? Yeah. Oh. Dicko Gwen's, Dicko Gwen's good. Dicko Gwen is good stuff. You know, I never thought about this in these terms before. But the Ditko versions of all the Spider-Man characters are just like one step meaner and weirder and harder edged than Archie characters. <laughs> they really like, yeah, like because like that's the. I mean, the you know the bit of a lot of this run is Peter's got his gang of friends. He's got like you know yeah. Flash and Liz and and Betty Brant and. Gwen and like they are kind of they're they're not far from Archie, but they are mean Archie. They're yeah, like they're mean Archie. They're like Riverdale Archie. <laughs> yeah, and then fucking Craven the Hunter will show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, this comic's great. J. Jonah Jameson never gets any less mean than this. He rules, no, and I love him. The only thing is. Like Vulture barely gets to do anything. He puts Peter, he puts Spider Man inside a water tower and tries to drown him, and he gets out really easily. And then the story ends with Vulture just being like, I'll get that Spider Man sometime. Yeah. Which is. Consider that this is the third thing, I guess it's the fourth thing that Spider Man does. Right. Yes. Like, it's. A water tower presents a problem to him because he can't climb up the sides. Right. Slippery. Too slippery. Yeah. Even for him. Spider-Man. He I... gets out of it really hard. It's it's pretty great, actually. I have said it before. First 200 issues of Spider-Man are untouchable, dude. They're great. Okay. But the, I don't think this is... I don't think this is among the very best early Spider-Man. Like, is it better than Shed? No. But I'll tell you what what doesn't happen in this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you what what doesn't happen in this one is what happens in Shed. What does happen in this one is J. Joe James says, says, Take a bonus and go out and buy yourself some twist records. He does say that, yes. That's so fucking funny. <sighs> is that is that how you think Stan Lee talked to his freelancers? Yeah, no, 100%. Go buy some twist records. That's 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 great, Roy. Go buy yourself some twist records. Here's 30 cents. Buy a candy bar. That's what he said to Dicko. Uh, 
after yeah. he turned this issue in. Yeah. Uh, is it better than the kid who collected Spider-Man, which is at number 599? Uh, the kid who... Co- Look, all stories are emotional manipulation. That's the point of stories. That's true. But yes. And so, okay. Not as good as Shed. Better than the kid who collected Spider-Man. Better than the kid who collected Spider-Man. All right. That puts it between number 593 and 599. Uh, is it better than... It's not better than A Town Called Hell, the Usagi Jimbo story. It All might right, be better, it better than, than the Kappa story. But then we can put it between these two Usagi Jimbo stories. Yeah. Because the Kappa story, while it is perfect, is very simple. All right. We have to specify... Because there are two stories in this issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Right, so this is Duel to uh, the Death with the Vulture. Duel to the Death with the Vulture. And we'll also say, first, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next on Steve's list is Amazing Spider-Man issues 304 and 305, California Schemen and Western Wo- Westward Woes, written by David Michelinie, with pencils by Todd McFarlane. And uh, that is an issue. That is a story where uh, all of Peter Parker's Spider-Man photos are getting published without his input in the book webs. So he goes on a book tour. I have to, I know I've read these, but I do have to go look them up. I do not remember this. I remember there being a story this story has to be from the 80s sometime let me look up the actual publication date of these uh because it has to be like late 80s yeah 1988 so the idea here is that jonah has essentially sold Peter out and Mm -hmm. sold all his uh, photos to a publishing company that is publishing them in a book because Peter didn't read his contract with Jonah. So uh, Peter is going to figure out a way to actually like make a little bit of money off of this. And he goes to California to go on a book tour to uh, to try to make a little bit of money. In the meantime, he runs into Black Fox, who, hey, uh, would get revived pretty greatly in that Black Cat series that we recently read, um, and The Prowler. And uh, he gets caught up in, in all kinds of hijinks and shenanigans. There's also a great page in here. This is a Todd-drawn story, by the way. There's a great page in here where Peter and Mary Jane just go to Disneyland. Like, it is just full-on Disneyland. (laughs) Also, there's the requisite Mary Jane in a bikini page or two. And uh, Peter also goes on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson (laughs) appears on panel. <laughs> Spider Man. Did you do you, how, how many like Karnak bits do you think Johnny did about the Avengers? 
a man wearing a flag. What do you think of that, Ed? That's a good Johnny Carson. Now that's that's very good. Thank you. Um, I think this story is fine. It's it could be a little better. It's it's a little all over the place. Like talking about there being too much in that vulture story. This is like I just want to draw Disneyland and Johnny Carson in a comic, and we'll throw in a little adventure with where Spider-Man is trying to track down the famous cat burglar, the black Fox is as well. Uh, you know, it's okay, but it's not my favorite Spider-Man story of even this era, you know? Uh, so I'm going to scroll down a little bit. So we have the story. I believe this is also a Todd story with Silver Sable and the Sinister Syndicate at number 797 and Amazing Spider-Man 279 to 281. Okay. I think that's that's a little better than this, I think. Uh, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to put Spider-Man in to find and replace and see what where I land. Man, we must have liked that Silver Sable and the Sinister Syndicate story because it did outrank Jim Jadams Jr.'s uh, Garfurt, The Pills Are Working, and Fish Wish. Yeah, yeah. As I recall, like it was, it was all right. Uh, the Sinister Secret of Spider-Man's new costume is at eight twelve. That one's not bad. Um. Web of Spider-Man 13, which I don't really remember, is at 8.18. Ultimate Spider-Man Annual number 1 is at 8.38. Okay, this is better than that Batman-Spider-Man crossover. I would put it below Sea Guy. I would put it below the Uncanny X-Men with Dracula. I would put it below Flex Mentallo. Captain America, Man and Wolf. Oh, Cap Wolf, it goes below that. Goes below Seven Soldiers and Tales from the Bully Pulpit. Uh, Last Stand... Transformers... I don't know Transformers' Last Stand of the Records, so I can't judge it against that, necessarily. I would put it below the Beard Hunter... Hmm. This is ending up being kind of tough to rank. Okay, I would put it above Hot Claws for Hanukkah. And below Judge Dread Little Spuggy's Christmas. So it's going to go with the new number 909. Number 909? Yep. All right. My baby said you're traveling on the one after 909. Uh, 304 to 305. And we're just going to call it California Dreaming. Peter Parker goes on Carson. Finally, on Steve's list, how much time do we have left here? Okay, we got to wrap up. 
So we do have to wrap up. I'm a little bit tired. That sidebar really took it out of me, <laughs> despite being a very short, concise, and professional discussion that none of our listeners heard. Yeah. Finally, is Amazing Spider-Man Volume Two, Issues 55 and 56, by J. Michael Straczynski with pencils by John Romita Jr., in which Peter Parker tries to help a student whose brother he had previously had arrested. I do not remember. I which know I read this, but I don't remember it very well. Which is this? It is Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, so it's the JMS run on Spider-Man, issues 55 and 56. And in it, one of Peter's students has a brother who's been um, arrested, and he has to help the student. You, we definitely both read these. I rode, I rode this train until the wheels fell off. Oh, actually, I don't think I did read this story because I quit this fucking book. <laughs> I quit this fucking book after um, since past, is and this, this is after since past. past. Yeah. I mean, I don't – I have no memories of it. I'm looking at it now. I definitely did read it, but, like, I could not tell you anything about it. This is after Sins Past? This has to be before Sins Past. When is Sins Past? Sins Past uh, was, like – Earlier in this run, I'm almost sure of it. Let's see. Issue 40 was... Maybe still part of the, like, totem stuff. I mean, Ezekiel Sims is in this one. He, He sure is, yeah. Since past, I don't think we got until... Until the numbering had gone back. Anyway, I don't remember these issues anyway. Until it was like 500 something? Yeah. Maybe you're right. I'm almost certain. All right. I'll, I'll, make, I'll make sure for sure. But even though I definitely read these, if they occur before Sins Pass, I... Do not remember. Oh, yep. It was 509 to 514. Since past. what it was. Hmm. They went back to the bad logo on since past as well. I bet that made me mad. <laughs> Man, that's, that's the show. <laughs> that is the show. <laughs> Better that bad logo. That probably made me mad. But that maybe Matt. Matt, that's very funny. You're you're very funny, Matt. Thank um, you. Here's the thing. I don't remember anything about these comics. I think they're pretty forgettable. I think what who sent this list in? Uh, Steve Lee. I think what Steve wants is to know what we thought about that time Peter Parker was a teacher. Probably. Yes, I mean these are all just different stories about Peter having different jobs for yeah. sure. Um, and I like I liked that. I thought that was fun. Like I feel like they didn't do 
as much with it as they could have. Uh, it, it, it's an interesting step forward and step backward at the same time. Cause it's putting Peter back in high school. Yeah. And like, isn't like flash Thompson, the football coach or something. It's like really like Harry Osborne's the guidance counselor <laughs> and Betty Brandt is the school nurse. So I, okay. I had to have read this. I vaguely, I very vaguely remember there being a story about Peter having a student who had a brother that he like put away. And so he has to help this young girl and he ends up reuniting her with her brother. It's kind of like a stand and deliver dangerous minds, kind of like I'm a teacher who makes a difference kind of story. And uh, I like Peter as a teacher, but I don't care about that shit at all. All of those I'm a white teacher who helps students of color stories are like so preachy and <laughs> like talk down to the audience and to like it's not a good type of story. It's very white saviory and I don't like it. Yeah, not great. I mean, it helps that Peter created the problem, and so he has to fix it. But still, it's not the kind of like teacher story I like or want to see Peter be involved with. I, I hesitate to say the story is like full on bad, but it is at best forgettable. So I think I can rank it. It ain't gonna rank great. If you want to rank it, go ahead. I these could be these could be anything for me. I I I think I can rank it. Uh let's see. Spider-Man the Death of Gene DeWolf is at eleven oh eight. Amazing Spider-Man two fifty nine is at eleven ten. I mean those are I guess kind of verging into bad. Right? Mm-hmm. I this maybe isn't that bad. Uh Amazing Spider-Man 86, Beware the Black Widow is at 1093. That's probably better. Okay. Alright. Here's what I'm gonna do. Because I kind of don't know what to do with this, and it's kind of a bunch of nothing. I'm gonna put it at the new eleven hundred. Between Fantastic Four, one, two, three, four, and Superman Reborn. Oof. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Volume Two, numbers fifty-four and fifty-five, I believe. Fifty-five and fifty-six. Uh, and. This story is called what? I believe the story is called Frederick Foswell is the principal. <laughs> it's called Unintended Consequences. Don't call your story that. Because that is also the name of the story where Batman throws a car battery at a guy in a junkyard. They got to that one first. Sorry. I bet this is not the only Spider-Man story called that either. Probably not. Probably not. 
You you can put honestly, you can put unintended consequences on the list with like the road home for <laughs> for shit that you just can't call stories anymore. Stop it. Well, that's a big old thud to end on, but we did it finish these lists. I was already tired. Now I'm just exhausted. If you would like to send us an every story ever list, you can email us at warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that is where you send every story ever lists. Uh, also, if you want to support these specials and keep them two hours every month, head over to patreon.com slash warrocketajax and kick in as little as $1 a month to make sure that we keep doing them and that they're two hours long. You can make sure that those things happen by helping us out on Patreon. We are on Tumblr at warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter at warrocketpod. We have a Discord that you have to be invited to be a part of. Just contact us on any of the places I just mentioned for an invitation and ask us nicely, and we'll get you one. Leave us a review on the podcasting app that you use. Five stars is what we're looking for. If you want to find me and my stuff, I'm at mattdwilson.net. It has links to all my stuff, my books, my comics, my social medias, and my uh, other podcasts. Chris, where can people find you? Everybody can find me by going to the-isb.com. That is my website, and it has links to everything that I do. I feel like I had a funny joke to say here. I forgot what it was, but I think it was about a comic that we that we were ranking. But now I can't remember. That's what J. Michael Straczynski does, to you. man. Yeah. You've been grounded. Stop. <sighs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. We love you. Forever, 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 ever, forever. Yes! From this day on, as every breed of Mongol lived together.